This is Cybok, the cybersecurity body of knowledge, distilling the knowledge from internationally recognized experts and providing foundational education and training for the cybersecurity sector. Hello and welcome to Cybok. I'm Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire. Joining us today is Professor Hervé Debar, head of the Networks and Telecommunications Services Department at Telecom Superi. He's author of the Cybok Security Operations and Incident Management Knowledge Area. Basically, the idea is that um, we have had computer systems for, for ages now, over 50 years. And initially, uh, cybersecurity was seeking to protect them from attacks. And at some point in time in the 80s, people realized that there will be attacks no matter what. So they decided that they needed to um, monitor the way these systems were operating so that they could detect attacks and mitigate them. And basically, this has slowly evolved to a very broad uh, and large area where people are, are looking at the way uh, computer systems and, and critical infrastructure systems behave to detect potential uh, cybersecurity issues and mitigate them. Well, let's go through the content uh, section by section. You start off here discussing some of the fundamental concepts. The first fundamental concept is the aspect of um, detection. The idea is that since systems are, are the target of attacks, uh, these, the people who are trying to attack these systems will leave some sort of trace, uh, some, some sort of footprint. And so by looking at the activity of the system, either the computer system itself or the network activity, one can um, differentiate between the usual, normal, expected uh, behavior and the uh, differences that an attacker introduces when he does something. Yeah, and, and so um, there are several methods to do that. Um, either people uh, look at the way system normally behaves and they try to detect deviations from that, or they know what an attack looks like and they're looking for evidence of this uh, attack in, uh, in the behavior of the system, in the, in the current uh, operation of the system. Now, one of the sections that you cover here is uh, monitoring, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, you start with that with uh, looking at the different data sources. Exactly. So, um, in a nutshell, any computer system will, will do three things. One is it's going to store data, and we're not looking so much at that. Uh, the second thing is it's, doing, it's going to co do computations uh, in its broadest sense. And in the third thing is that it's going to communicate. And, and those, uh, the, those two last things, computing and communicating, are also things that an attacker would want to exploit. So we are looking at various data sources that represent the activity of the system, either at the lower level or at, so at the system level, uh, at, the, at the way the applications uh, work, and also at the way all of this communicates with other systems. And by recording either so the network activity or the system activity, uh, we have a trace of what is happening on the, on the system that we can use for, for then detection algorithms. And then the next section is the analysis. Uh, take us through some of the things in there. The analysis is about transforming this trace into um, information that an analyst can exploit or an operator can exploit. So we have these events, they're unqualified. And the purpose of the analysis is to qualify this event either as normal 
uh, or malicious. And that's really in, in the base case when we can separate cleanly the two. Anything that's normal, we don't look at and we don't even show to the analyst uh, because it can contain sensitive information. And anything that we consider abnormal, either because it's a clear manifestation of an attack or because it's an anomaly in the expected behavior, we will show to an analyst and then it will go into a, a chain where the analyst will need to decide uh, what to do with the event uh, that has occurred uh, that is a potential alert and, and security incident in the end. To do that, so we have two basically families of, 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 of techniques. One is looking at the trace, looking for known evidence. Uh, we used to call that misuse detection. Uh, now it's also called looking at indicators of compromise, meaning that we know what, what an attacker is going to do, and we're looking for that. Uh, the other part is, is broader. It's called anomaly detection. And basically, the idea is that we have a model of the expected or normal behavior, and we're looking for, for deviations that may indicate a security compromise. Now, the next section is uh, plan. This is security information and event management. You have to realize that these alerts, we get uh, thousands uh, per day. So it's impossible for an analyst to, to deal with individual alerts. And it's also very likely that an attack will actually manifest itself over uh, several dozens of alerts. And so uh, the, the CM platform has several roles. The first role is that it acts as a concentration point uh, and normalization as well, because we have uh, sensors, information that is uh, collected from all over the place in the enterprise. And so it's aggregated on the, on the CM platform. Then it also acts as a, a clearing house where, where analysts can group uh, events, try to assess their impact, uh, how uh, severe they are, how credible they are. And so they will then decide uh, what they need to do with these events, I either ignore them or do uh, or plan then a, a future action uh, that will then uh, lead to changes in the way the, the information system operates. So the next section is execute. This is mitigation and countermeasures. For certain of these alerts, you will want to um, change the way the, the system is operating so that you can uh, mitigate the impact of the uh, attack on the information system. So typically, um, you can imagine that if you've identified an attacker and you have found the account uh, name, you would want to disable the account either permanently or for a limited period of time. If you have identified an IP address that is misbehaving, you might want to shut down the machine or, or to prevent it from communicating with the others. So these are measures that uh, an analyst can recommend and decide to deploy on the information system to uh, mitigate the effect of the attack. Of course, if um, the diagnosis is wrong, meaning that he, doesn't, he has not identified clearly the machine or the account, uh, this may have side effects. So it's, uh, it's uh, basically the, 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 the execute needs to weight the gain uh, that uh, the analyst expects from blocking the attacks and the loss uh, in, in operations that uh, may perturb uh, the normal behavior and the normal service of the system. Now, it strikes me, uh, before we move on to the next element, that a lot of what's going on here are, are sort of um, things looping back on themselves. In other words, you, you get a piece of data, you have to respond to it, and that informs what you might do with the next piece of data. And So there are adjustments made along the way. 
That, that, that is correct. And so basically you have information that's coming from internal sources. Uh, so you have the alerts, but also the configuration changes. For example, if you have information that a, a new system or a new service is being deployed at your organization, then of course that is going to create alerts uh, and um, the knowledge uh, that uh, the new system has been deployed or the inquiry that you're going to push to the IT guys, have you changed something, is going to impact also the way you're going to react to the alerts. There's also uh, information that's coming from outside sources, and that's the, something that we call uh, cyber threat intelligence. Mm. Um, there are people who are con constantly monitoring the internet, various sources of information, uh, routing, uh, the dom domain name service, um, also uh, reporting of incidents. All of this information is aggregated and basically the idea will be, um, is this information that I get applicable to me? Um, do I have the same vulnerable systems? Uh, can Do I offer the same target uh, that this group of attackers seems to be interested in? If I do, then clearly there is a question as to uh, what that will influence the way uh, the the, um, the attack is mitigated. That will also probably change the detection, meaning that if you have a new indicator of compromise, then you're going to push it to your sensors so that you will get uh, this information about uh, uh, potential attacks uh, up to date with respect to the current threat level. Now, of course, one of the segments here touches on the human factors, and this is incident management. All right. It is quite clear that um, there are people sitting behind consoles. Capabilities of these people uh, to um, first uh, browse, take in all the information and, and quickly separate what is critical from what is just background noise is, is really very important uh, for the capability of the uh, information, uh, the, the security operating center. Um, so all of these people, um, it's, a, it's, it's really a combination between people and tools. If you don't have the right tools, of course, you're not going to be able to manage the amount of data that's coming in. But if you don't have the right people, uh, the, you may have as much data as you want. It will not help you mitigating the attack. At the moment, uh, we are not able to completely automate the process. And um, I don't even think that this is desirable. People that are operating computer systems, um, they are really keen on keeping some sort of control, even though the system is complex. And so uh, having a human in the loop at several levels, because there are analysts that are uh, looking at lots of information, and then you have tier two and tier three people uh, who are more, normally more skilled and who are uh, handling, um, let's say, less vo smaller volume, but uh, more focused information and more difficult to, to manage information. Um, all of this uh, balance between, between skills, peoples, and, and information is really delicate. Uh, they're having a number of attempts at uh, qualifying uh, the, the capabilities. It seems, at least at the moment, that the most important is to qualify both the organization and the people. So it's, it's, the human factor is, is really one of the keys and it's also, I have to say, a, a relatively rare skill, uh, one that is very, very in demand on the job market at the moment. Are there any common misperceptions that you find when, when, when people try to implement these methods? Are there common mistakes they make? There are, there are common mistakes in the sense that um, 
the, the, there are several difficulties. Um, the first difficulty is to uh, find the, the best coverage in terms of sensors, uh, one that will give you the information you need, but not too much information hmm. or information that uh, is not of value. Uh, typically, you would really want to focus on the most uh, crucial points of your infrastructure, the most critical ones, the, where, the, the ones where there is the most sensitive information going through. Uh, these are the most uh, important ones that, um, that you would want to protect. For example, um, if you have a, a, a system management platform such as Microsoft Active Directory, this is clearly one of the most uh, critical points in your entire infrastructure and you would want to really first deploy uh, sensors on that. Um, the second aspect is uh, correlation rules. Uh, people tend to have multiple information sources, but usually they are difficult to group together. And so uh, having tools and techniques that allow you to group information and make sense of, of uh, large volumes of information, such as visualization techniques, is really, really important. And people tend to uh, concentrate on um, the first part of the chain, collecting the information and making sure that it meets the volume demand uh, and forgetting about the, the processing and even the uh, looking back, uh, looking into the past in order to reevaluate uh, the, 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 the threat posture. So these are the, the, the key, I would say, difficulties, things that are overlooked today. So related to that, what are your recommendations for folks who want to get started with this? What's the best approach? So um, my recommendations would be multifold. Uh, first one, try to find to the, the, the key recommendation is create a proof of concept somewhere in your organization. Um, it's relatively easy to uh, create a proof of concept out of open source software. There's plenty of open source software available and it doesn't cost too much uh, energy to, to deploy. And also do it on a small scale somewhere in your network. Look at what happens. Learn in a, from that uh, during a few weeks, a few months. And then you can decide what tools suits your need, what are your needs first, and what tools suits them uh, afterwards. The, the key difficulty there is that there is no benchmark of, of security information and event management platforms. There is no best uh, in class that would be applicable to all situations. Hmm. So it really depends on the kind of um, system you want to monitor, whether there are cyber physical aspects, whether it's purely IT, um, the characteristics in terms of criticity, in terms of time, in terms of, of scale, geographical deployment, all of these uh, need to be taken into account. I think it's important to share that it's a moving field in the mm. sense that, um, first of all, um, the fact that uh, digitalization uh, of critical infrastructure is occurring and that uh, digital technologies are becoming like a, a universal command and control uh, for, for everything from energy to transportation to, um, to, to uh, water distribution to any basically critical infrastructure, it, it's becoming pervasive. And so um, these monitoring tools uh, will become mandatory by regulation, by law, uh, for all these uh, uh, operators of critical infrastructures. So it's very likely that uh, most of the people who are doing cybersecurity will, at some point or another, need to interact with these kind of systems. That's Professor Hervé Debar, 
He's the head of the Networks and Telecommunications Services Department at Telecom Superi. To learn more about the Cybok project and the knowledge area we spoke about today, visit cybok.org. This podcast is a product of the University of Bristol. Cybok is funded by the UK National Cybersecurity Programme and led by the University of Bristol's Professor Weiss Rashid, along with Professor Andrew Martin, Professor George Denisis, Professor Emil Lupu, Professor Steve Schneider, and Dr. Howard Shivers. The Cybok podcast is produced by The Cyberwire with coordinating producers Jennifer Iben, Kelsey Bond, and Bristol University's Yvonne Rigby. The executive producer is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.